Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is August 23rd and today we have Hubert from Staked Out here to talk about Only Boost. Hubert. Hey everyone. Welcome. How's it going? Yes, sir. What's up? Really good. Thanks for having me. Happy here, sir. So we reported about Only Boost on the timeline today, but maybe you could give us some more information about what it is and what it's trying to do. Yeah, sure. Uh, first, did you did you guys all see the the, the little video we did uh, about it? No, but maybe you could share that. Actually, this uh, is my I, I'd love to share it because it's yeah, it's sure. Uh, did you did post it? Okay, let me pull this up. Yeah, uh, yeah. video. We could share it with everybody else. Um, yeah, oh, that's cool. You, you guys did a video. That's cool. Okay, hold on. This is this is pretty fun. Let's pull this up um, and we can make this big. Okay, let's go. At the moment, it's like a mil a month. That that would put you at the high, that would put you at the very highest uh, echelon. I have just achieved the six figures a month range. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Were you making this at your previous job? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so now it's like, like 350. A month. <laughs> Are you crazy? Serious? You're gonna be proud that you have your little ones, and they look at you and go, "Didn't you want to be a lawyer, mummy? What happened?" Yeah. And you go, "Here, but look at all my stuff." They can cry in a Ferrari. Oh, let's go. <laughs> At the moment. Oh, that's a good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good one on That's your market. What a market fit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's 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 relevant for the moment. So here we got the uh, the only boost white paper. So it's maximizing boost for curve LPs. Yes, basically. So um, I guess maybe the video was not enough to get the full um, idea yeah, of, the, yeah. of the product. <laughs> but um, so basically, the idea that. Um, for some time, Convex had uh, such a, like a massive amount of of VCRV, and and nobody else uh, had any significant amount, and so it made it made sense only to go to, to Convex or to you know lock yourself on Curve, right? Mm -hmm. If you have your own VCRV, um, <clears throat> but since SDCRV uh, launched. Uh, got a lot of uh, traction. We went from 3 million uh, VCRV to 50 million. I mean, we are 49.7 something. Um, so now we represent like a bit less than 8% of the total VCRV share, right? And Convex represents 49% something of like that. So it becomes significant numbers. And for advanced users, it becomes very uh, critical to optimize, you know, <clears throat> your position between the various boost providers, right? So you have several boost providers, you have Convex, uh, StakeDAO, Yearn, um, and all of them have their benefits and, um, and, and their own, you know, capacity to boost, right? Uh, due to Convex's um, overwhelming dominance over the past couple of years, 
Convex currently has 80%, uh, 90% of the, the curve TVL, right? Um, which means if, if you dive a bit in, in the curve boosting formula, which means that it's kind of, you know, inefficient to go on convex because you don't get the max boost, right? On certain pools, obviously. Some pools, convex have max boost, etc. It highly depends on uh, POL of protocols, etc., etc. But in, as a whole, in general, Convex has 90% of the TVL, 50% of the VECRV. Um, if you look at Yearn, it's kind of the opposite. Same for StakeDAO. StakeDAO has like uh, 8% of the CRV, of the VECRV, and 1% of the TVL. So there is some optimization to be done here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, what you're saying, just to, just to break that down, what you're saying is that there's several different like yield aggregators, right? So like Yearn obviously was the first and then Convex came along and then uh, you guys, and then there's a bunch of other people. You came who, before Convex actually. Oh, you, you came come before after Convex. Yearn. But, <laughs> but we need, so, we so need are, such a good product, so we needed to update it and, and the, the more so recent one is this. Like all these protocols are taking in CRV to stake it in some form or the other to, to provide boosts to their LPs. Uh, but what you're saying in the paper is that uh, because Convex has sucked in so much TVL, uh, their maximum boost that they can pro provide on average is much lower than these other platforms. Exactly. So Maybe I should have started. By yeah. So there's an that... opportunity. So there's an opportunity for uh, a like aggregator across all of these different platforms to evenly distribute uh, liquidity to maximize boost. Uh, and and extract as much value as possible. Yes, exactly. So I should have started saying that the, the boost formula on curve basically defines the amount of CRV rewards you will get by providing liquidity on curve, right? And to make it very simple, the higher your share in the total VCRV, so in the total CRV locked, the better your boost, the higher your share in the pool, the lower your boost, right? Which means that the optimum is kind of when you have the same share, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that being said, well, let, yes. hold on. Let's go back. So for people who are not like intimately aware with the CRV system, this is like one thing that's kind of been abstracted away. Like if you used VCRV back in before there was Yearn or Convex or StakeDAO, uh, you actually would like lock up some CRV and then you would have to go and, uh, you know, you, you would spread your capital out because uh, the way it works is that there's a maximum uh, amount of money that you can deploy into each pool based on how much uh, V CRV you have. So like each pool is different. So like some pools, it's like for every dollar of V E CRV that you, or CRV that you have, you could lock up $1 of liquidity. In other pools, you need like, like in the highly competitive pools, you may need like 4 or $5 of, of CRV to lock up $1 of, of uh, liquidity. And so what this, what this formula and your optimization is looking at is, is looking at the different platforms and saying like, okay, so on Convex, you may need like, you know, essentially like $4. But over here on, on Yearn, you only need like $2 per, and so it affects the yield that you would get at the end of the day. And so uh, you're trying to optimize across all these different platforms. Exactly, exactly. Let's say, if, 
So basically, you have you have a certain amount of CRV rewards which are distributed to each gauche, right? Which depends on votes, etc. That's another topic. And the way those CRV rewards are allocated depend on each user's boost, right? Mm -hmm. So if if you have hundred percent of the of the pool or ninety five percent of the pool, you will not you will not boost, right? Because you would get at maximum, you would get like 100% of the rewards, right? Yeah. So the max you would get is maybe a 5% boost, right? Whereas, so if you're a user, you put in where uh, in, in, in the vault of convex, which has 95%, you don't get a boost, right? But if you put in the vault, which has, I don't know, 1%, but a, a, a big amount of VCRV, you would get a high boost, right? You see my point? Yeah. Um, so basically, it's all down to, as a user, if you deposit TVL, you would be having the most optimized deposit if, you, if your deposit um, tends to align the share in the pool with the share in the VCRV, right? But it sounds a bit easy, but if you have like big deposits, it gets a bit tricky. And also there is other factors that makes it even more tricky, right? Because you have fees from boost aggregators. For example, uh, Convex takes 17%, uh, StakeDAO 16%, uh, Yearn, I don't know exactly, um, but I mean, it depends on the pools, etc. So you need to take into account the fees and also you have incentives, right? On, on convex, your incentives depend directly, um, of, uh, it depends on, on your boost, on your CRV rewards. On StakeDAO, it depends on, on SDT, V, SDT votes, etc. So um, it gets a bit tricky to optimize it, taking into account fees and incentives. But it's tricky, but it's not impossible. And that's what we do in, in, in this uh, white paper and with this contract. And then to be clear, like uh, you mentioned in the white paper that urine already does some basic optimization um, of this degree, depositing in their own pools until they're kind of like the boost is maxed and then redepositing the convex. Hmm. Uh, but what you're doing is like through all this extra math, like a few extra tweaks on this which uh, let me get to the graph here that I thought was really good. Um, you go through and kind of simulate the percentages of deposits and through this kind of advanced optimization method, you're able to deliver uh, you know, anywhere from like a 7% to a 30% APR increase, correct? Yes. So basically, Jan kind of probably had the first idea of this, right? Um, but what they did is very basic and I don't think it works. I humbly don't think it works. Um, basically, what they do is that the, the threshold towards uh, uh, beyond which they don't have the max boost anymore, right? So, and if you your deposit exceeds this threshold, then the deposits are going to go through convex, right? So, if you have a lot of deposits on yearn then you will have, it will be split between Yarn and Convex and the Yarn part will have 2.5x boost and the Convex part will have the Convex boost, right? 
uh, which if you take, I don't know, if for example, the, the boost on convex is 1.8, um, it means that you could have deposited more on yearn and have more boost, right? So you could have optimized better, right? Mm -hmm. And furthermore, they also take a fee on the convex side, right? But as you see on the white paper, so I, 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 the white paper identifies like three, um, three formulas trying to dive deeper and deeper into the optimization. And the one that we find at the end, which is the most optimized, also taking into account gas efficiency, etc., um, manages to have on average for large deposits an increase in APR of 9%. So it's not 9 percentage points, right? It's your APR increases by 9%, right? So if you have a 10% APR, you will get an 11% APR or something like that, right? Because right. you had 9%, right? So no. that being said, if you add on top of this a 10% fee, you, you don't get any improvement, right? So that's why the, the Yearn uh, solution is a good iteration, but I don't think it it scales, I don't think it works. Now, isn't this the wrong time to be launching a curve optimization? Because according <laughs> to top influencers, curve is death spiraling and going to go to zero very soon. Um, so would this concept be applicable more broadly to other like uh, DeFi protocols? It's actually a good question. And to be honest, the um, the, the contract was, uh, was ready a long time ago. <laughs> and due to the all the drama around, uh, you know, the Viper hack and then um, Mitch's uh, debt and all those OTCs, et cetera, et cetera. We didn't uh, want to, to launch in the middle of this, you know, mess, right? So we waited a bit. But at some point now we're in a position where, I mean, there has always been a curve death spirals, right? If I wait for them to, to change their mind, probably uh, would be myself dead before we release the product, right? So um, at some point, okay, a lot of people are falling curve, but if you look at the TVL, it's still several billions, right? So I think it makes sense. I think it's a product which is very well designed for large users who are smart enough to, to know that they don't have a lot of um, alternatives than curve. And um, also that is easy to sell probably to, you know, DAOs with POL, et cetera. So I think it should, it should work out, right? Yeah, in the bear market, people need money, like quite frankly. So the fact that you can boost their farming rewards, you know, maybe up to 30, 40%, like that's uh, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Yes, for sure. And also what I think is, is cool and, and should be noted is that it's, it's kind of um, a renewed collaboration between, you know, the actors going away from this curve war um, uh, mentality. So we are building on top of curve, but also on top of convex, having good discussion with them, etc. So, so StakeDAO is going to deposit on convex. Yearn is depositing on, on convex. Everybody is working together. I think it's, uh, it's positive. And, and if you want my my opinion, this whole mess around Curve OTC and stuff, I think it's going to be very bullish in the long term for Curve because a lot of protocols, a lot of institutionals 
are putting their hand on some long-term curve positions. And it could be something that helps curve, uh, you know, um, getting integrated on, on large institutional uh, exchanges or whatever. It's also, uh, you know, a boost for curve. Um, a lot of... Uh, project were going to balance her because they were feeling the curve game is too hard, right? And a lot of them managed to get OTCs and now are very well placed on this curve game. So I think it's good for curve in the end. Just a bad moment to, to pass, right? Yeah. That's a, uh, actually a perfect time to transition to one of the biggest stories that hit yesterday. So uh, yeah, feel free to stick around if you have other... Uh, like. Oh, no, I, I actually do have um, something to ask about, uh, about Hubert. So um, you know, one of the protocols that you guys actually support, which is Pendle, uh, I know that you guys have uh, like stake locking for them as well too. Uh, Binance announced, or Binance Labs announced a investment into them yesterday. So that's uh, that's pretty good for you guys. Yeah, it's not so much of a surprise, uh, but yes, it's it's very good for Pendle, very good for us, uh, I guess. We're not the biggest users of Pendle as well, but uh, we have a very good relationship with them. The team is amazing, to be honest, and I think they deserve it. It's it's great for the ecosystem. I think, uh, you know, yield uh, swap is something which is absolutely major in, in TradFi and, and deserves to be very important in DeFi as well. Um, and and so, yes, I'm... I'm I'm very happy with this. Uh, also, it, it brings me to add something I, I forgot about the only boost, but the fact that um, the, the the formula we did is actually replicable on Balancer, on Pendle, etc. You know, and and at some point we will deploy deploy on those on those uh, other protocols. I think the next one will probably be Balancer, but it's exactly the same formula because everybody everybody got inspired by the curve boost formula, right? Cool, cool, cool. All right. So I don't know if you guys saw it yesterday, um, but we had a cryptic announcement from Eigen Labs, who posted a countdown clock to the beginning of Eigen World. Now, there is an OpenSea link here. So this is probably something to do with NFTs. Um, nobody really knows. In an hour and a half from now, we'll actually see this, this launch, and uh, maybe it's an open men for something to do with Eigenlayer. I don't know. Uh, have we already forgotten the uh, metaverse as the uh, <laughs> meme? Maybe it's uh, Eigenworld is actually like a metaverse-like open world. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. It's got to be something. Maybe maybe it's just like some free-to-mint NFTs. Are they free? Is, is the mint free? Who knows? Nothing's, nothing's published. They just posted this like countdown clock and at... Uh, what is it? The 12 Eastern. And uh, what was that? Like 5 or 6 p.m. Central European time. Uh, you'll be able to take part in the Mint. And do we know how many NFTs are there? No, there's no information about it. There's just a countdown clock. But there is an OpenSea link, so it's probably going to be an NFT set for something. Um, but there's no information about it. Very cryptic. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, we also had presidential candidate um, Robert F. Kennedy post some 
like Bitcoin, pro-Bitcoin messages saying, I am a lifelong defender of civil liberties. Bitcoin is both an exercise and a guarantee of those freedoms. Uh, looks like he's standing in military gear on a, I don't know. It's very like commander-ish, this picture. Um, but, oh, uh, but it doesn't seem like, are these uniforms? No, no, no. It's just a green shirt. Yeah. <laughs> just a green shirt. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. We haven't seen, uh, we've seen a couple of other like Republican candidates come out and say it, but uh, I guess Robert's right in the middle. And uh, it's nice to see someone who has a, a bit of a left leaning to, uh, to make pro Bitcoin statements because the rest of the left doesn't like Bitcoin, at least not, yeah. in, the Biden, at least not in the Biden administration. Well, uh, also, I think that uh, personally, I don't remember uh, seeing a uh, uh, I don't know how to, how to say it, like how, what's the right word for it, but a candidate that uh, is from the left, but is so libertarian, like he brings back all kinds of libertarian uh, values, which is kind of a refreshing uh, thing. And also, I think he's very honest. I've been listening to him uh, quite a lot, actually. Yeah. I, I kind of like a lot of his messages. And it's good to see someone that, uh, you know, is pro-industry. Uh, he understands, like, the basic concepts of uh, Bitcoin and, like, what's important about that. And I just can uh, say that I hope that uh, these people start uh, seeing more and more of the other stuff that's uh, in our industry and not just Bitcoin uh, with uh, its uh, concept. But, like, I, I would be very happy if some of these candidates would start uh, to know something about Ethereum and what's uh, going on there as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting how this cycle plays out. Uh, definitely if the, there's been reports that if the Republicans win, uh, that Hester Peirce, who is the uh, SEC, one of the SEC, uh, uh, not chairwoman, but uh, one of the SEC commissioners, uh, would be promoted to be chairwoman for the next Republican tenure. And that could have a, uh, be a boon for the crypto industry as it's been hampered by Gary G's SEC term. Now, I haven't really paid much attention to the campaign, but is like uh, RFK's candidacy being taken seriously by the left at all? Or is it like completely uh, just like writing him I, off? I think a lot of people like him. I think that he gets a lot of, you know, like a lot of the things that he says get deleted from the internet because of medical misinformation right so like anytime he talks about vaccines like google just deletes everything from youtube um and he got a couple of town halls but you know like in in the news cycle there is no story that's bigger than trump right and i think it's very hard to like get a foot in the door uh, even if you're a candidate like rfk like uh, i think rfk is trying to take like the independent route or maybe like yeah. who knows but it, it's hard to say because like trump just trump just absorbed like all the air in the room there's there's almost nothing to talk about after that because like all the indictments going on plus you know he's still in the race he's not going to the um the debates that are coming up uh, he won't be participating he's going to hold like a, a counter interview with tucker carlson so it's going to be a crazy election cycle yeah but uh, to be honest, uh, I saw both uh, RFK and uh, Vivek, who's also running for the Republican uh, mm -hmm. candidacy. Uh, both of them went on like already on the hugest, like the biggest podcasts. Already. Yeah, they were on Joe Rogan. They were with uh, PBD. 
and all kinds of others uh, as well. And I'm not that sure that, like, uh, I think uh, that at least for some of the candidates, uh, mainstream media is not as interesting at the moment because uh, they're just not given that, that big of a solution. I don't know if you guys are following, but Tucker's show is becoming quite huge on uh, Twitter. I think he has one of the best shows uh, out there uh, right now. I think what they're doing with uh, Trump uh, that, and like hosting an interview while uh, the debate will be on is just to like to show the fact that you said like that Trump Trump can uh, outperform uh, everyone and like uh, get all the attention and suck the air out of uh, every room mm-hmm. even if he's not in it. And uh, to be honest, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I think that we as an industry should start asking uh, these candidates a lot of questions about uh, how they see uh, the future, how do they see uh, crypto, how do they see uh, like what role does the US need to take in order to lead uh, this industry or remain uh, sharp on it because it is a completely global uh, industry. It's definitely uh, going to be one of the most interesting uh, elections ever, I think. Yeah, I'd be more interested. I, I mean, the crypto stuff is so small. I, I'm more interested about like dollar dominance and about like yeah. preventing preventing any sort of uh, de- def- like defections from like the BRICs and like major BRIC companies to start using currencies other than the dollar for global trade settlement. I mean, that's that's really like the biggest issue, right? How can the next president increase us dollar domination and i mean like stablecoin strategy is a part of that but it's so small because you know we're talking about like yeah. 30 billion dollars when you know the the amount of global trade that happens across the world is in the yeah. trillions of dollars on the year um so i think there is a lot of stuff um we're pretty far actually we're in august so this time next year it's going to be in full force we have coming up on on almost less than a year to go until the next election so things are about to get pretty crazy um we also had a story from well not really a story but an announcement from the fbi saying that these six wallets are lazarus group wallets that had that had stolen money uh from the atomic wallet hacks coins paid and also the Harmony Bridge and Sky Mavis Ronin Bridge, and that potentially they're looking to cash out over the next few months. And they're warning uh, crypto industry people and companies uh, to track these wallets and be vigilant in guarding against transactions directly with or derived from these addresses because they probably definitely are on an OFAC list somewhere. <laughs> good one that's a good one nice <laughs> nice Garrett. um yeah so uh, another day another hack actually we don't have any hacks today uh, we have Whoa. today today's like all good news right so we we have a story uh so anja or Aj, ajna uh, has launched their permissionless lending pools on summer finance uh, now anyone can deploy a ERC-20 pairing without oracles and without permission as well, too. So uh, if you're interested in trying their lending pools, you can. Where are they deployed? Uh, what, uh, what is uh, Anja? Ajna? Ajna is like this like new type of uh, permissionless, oracleless lending where um, they use like interest rate adjust- I, I believe it's with interest rate adjustments to maintain the um maintain the loans but uh 
yeah, it's it's definitely different. Um, and it's but I, I've I've looked into it before, and it's 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 this like new type of oracleist system uh, that is going to be coming out soon. Cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else do we have? So there's been a bunch of activity on base over the past few days. Our first two like two days in this podcast on Monday and Tuesday were devoted to talking about the friends, the friend tech. And it's really driven up a ton of activity on base. Over the last 24 hours, let me just bring up this picture. Uh, over the last 24 hours, there's been over $238,000 in fees. Uh, and $144,000 in revenue. Levi Advisor, are you okay? I'm just going to mute you for a second. Okay. So that's who that was. I was trying to figure out who that yeah, yeah. gentleman was. Yeah, and it was before as well, too. This is pretty crazy. Like, I, I don't... Oh, you shaved. Exactly. Yeah, Levi Advisor, come back on stream. Let's see your haircut. Yeah, yeah. It. What do you mean? But what uh, just uh, happened? I was just yeah. uh, like... What, what happened? You're, you the main, you're the main character. <laughs> like, not yet. Not yet. No, but it's this. It's oh, like, oh, you shaved. Yes. yes. <laughs> you got a haircut. Where did it go? Every once in a while. Where did, you, where did all your hair go? Ah, I, I, I don't know. The barber uh, took it. Like, uh, <laughs> when was the last time you got a haircut? It must have been at I least think a year. I think it was about a year. Or more. It was yeah. long. Your hair yeah, was yeah. long. Yeah, it was already long. Um, it was already quite long. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Junk CC. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, so we had well, so bases bases on like an eighty-seven million dollar annual run rate with their fees, right? So it's probably a little bit less because the revenue after the fees are paid for running the sequencer are a little bit less. But even still, even if we take half that and we say like a forty million dollar run rate on base. Uh, and things aren't even really popping off. That's the, with like one successful application drawing in users. Um, you know, we're we're gonna see this be added to their in, like 10k and and income statements, and this could have a big ripple effect on the wider kind of crypto adjacent companies who like rush to launch their L2s. Yeah, that's an interesting point that Wall Street analysts are going to start discussing this. Like, uh, like this is sort of like the back door to how mass adoption happens, right? Like all this stuff that we take for granted and talk about all this time, all the time. Like, I feel like it's still completely opaque to like financial analysts. So now they're going to get a crash course in all this. They're, you know, they're already like studying LSD, LST staking, etc. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be interesting to see like them start to pick up our jargon. All right, and so. I want to answer a question that was asked by Eugene Government Audits. Why is virtual real estate the solution to a math problem, the foundation for any real wealth? Well, it doesn't have to be real wealth. I mean, Bitcoin does one thing and one thing alone, which is that, you know, me and Garrett are able to send value to North Koreans, right? Or a North Korean could send something to an Iranian, or I could send money to, or I could send value to DeFi Advisor or I could send my value to, to Hubert, right? It does that one thing and it does it really well. And that means that it has value. And so, uh, you know, there is no real other like use case for it other than sending value to people. Although, who... To be clear to any of the feds watching, I am not sending any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not sending, we're not sending any money to North Koreans, but we're saying that if we wanted to, uh, it, it, it allows us to. 
exists in this uh, uh, like space above, right? <laughs> uh, and that has value that people assign to it. Um, whether you like it or not, doesn't really matter. It's just code and it works. So um, moralizing about it at the end of the day really doesn't bring anything to anybody. Um, guys, have you looked into account abstraction yet? Are you excited for it? Anything specifically you're referring to? Because about the concept, definitely I'm excited for, but I don't know what you're hinting at. Well, so I'm going to share my screen. Uh, I just want to show you how easy it's going to be to set up a wallet. This was like a little uh, test case that was put out by Igloo. I thought it was pretty cool. So they're using Alchemy and Lit here. Um, and let me just make sure that this is stretched out the right way so everybody can see. Uh, so this is igloo-tools.xyz. Um, we're going to create a wallet on Gorley. So um, we create a new passkey, right? We're going to name it like Sam's wallet, right? Uh, create a passkey. Uh, we're going to continue with my password. And you guys can't see that, but I'm entering in my password for thing. Oh, let's try it again. I already created one, so maybe, maybe I need to log in, actually. So I've already made one. Right, so it just asked me to authenticate using my like auth tools for my computer, uh, and then I log in, and that's it. There's no like private key management. Uh, there's no like having to maintain passwords. Like everything's already on my on my like computer itself, uh, and so for like people using these, like your mom and your dad, who just have a password on their Mac or or PC or something. This is a much like faster way. So I already minted an NFT to this wallet. Um, I can view it on Etherscan. I could like use this address. Like if they, it would be nice if they had like a, uh, a, a an ENS address that they could give me an ENS. So I didn't even have to, to use these like numbers. Um, but we're getting there, right? Um, account abstraction is the future, and it's going to be huge. And in five years, we're not even going to recognize how we use these networks that we're using now. Yeah, I remember when I was teaching um, a class at the University of Washington on Bitcoin and crypto and whatnot, and there was like one of the students was like very adamant that he was like, like we were going through seed phrases and how to like manage all your private keys. And he was very adamant about like, no, I just want to like send this to my brother in Switzerland and I want him to manage it for me. Like he didn't want anything to do with like keeping his seed phrase safe. He didn't want anything to do with like managing uh, his private keys offline. He was like desperate for someone to do it for him. And I think that's probably where most normies are. So that's where I'm excited about abstract account abstraction. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's already a couple of wallets that are using this. So I believe Argent's integrating it into their system. And a bunch of other people are taking a, a whack at it as well, too. Um, so I'm very excited for it. No more, no more gas. No more private key management. Just uh, keeping keys on your, on your own computer somewhere. Here, what do you think about all this? Have you looked into it a little bit? I think uh, Hubert may be listening, but not a. Uh... Oh, yeah. I think he's on mute. So it's okay. Sorry, uh, my bad. <laughs> I was just wondering if you've looked at account abstraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've looked at it. Um, I'm not an expert of this, but it's. Um, I think it's something that will help with a lot of stuff. There are crazy amount of use cases. Uh, that could be interesting. Um, I think that the latest one I read, which was super, super interesting, um, 
it's it's something that didn't actually mention account abstraction, but I think account abstraction is going to be the only way to achieve it, is how to sell accounts, right? Imagine you have a, a v, oh, you have a v, uh, you have a locked token position. You want to sell it. You can you can sell your you can sell your wallet, right? But how does the guy know you don't have your private key anymore? I think account abstraction is something that will eventually enable this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Saying private keys as as an NFT or something like that. I don't know. But that's just the, the latest uh, stuff I I thought about with this. I think there are just plenty of of use cases that could be super interesting. Yeah. Um, well, actually, hold on. I wanted to go back a little bit. So we just talked about base and how much revenue they're pulling in. But uh, one thing that really popped up just in the last 24 hours is that noted researchers, uh, Arixon and then Banteg, uh, pulled up some interesting transaction flow that was happening uh, with Frentech. So uh, Arixon whipped up this little script to start looking at the starting prices of new users and found that as soon as they joined, literally in the same block that uh, they created their account, uh, there was a bot sniper who was who was buying their shares, right? So uh, at first, Rickson thought that it was like the RPC operators who were like looking at the mempool for new users and then sniping them the same block, right? So here's an example. So uh, a user initiates his account at like block, we're going to call this 911, and then the bot buys four shares in the same block, uh, which is like really weird, right? Because like there must be something happening. There's some sort of like, or at least Rickson thought there was some sort of collusion that was happening. Uh, at the at the mempool level, but it, it's it's weird because you there is no mempool for OP stack chains. Uh, so like he comes to the conclusion that either Frenetech is either using an RPC that is selling mempool data, or the whole thing is an inside job. Right, that was his first conclusions. But later on, uh, after like Bantech looked into it, um, he found out that that seventeen percent of first trades on Frenetech were were sniped. In the same block by 104 bots. So there's a this is like a big bot network, like over 100 bots working on this. Um, and you know, it's the 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 explanation that was put forward by Bert C. Miller is that uh, someone is watching the bridge to see new users who are who are porting uh, ETH over, and then they're spamming transactions with buys for those uh, FrenTech accounts. Uh, trying to like blindly land on the new account whenever it buys. And so they actually have like time to, uh, well, Bentech said you didn't even have to like watch the bridge, right? Uh, new user IDs uh, appear in the innumerable API before they're forced to buy on their own share. So you can actually see these new, um, like when you're going through the process of like signing up for Frentech, you can see the new username pop up in the API. And it actually gives you a lot of time to go and then check the Twitter accounts to see if they're if they're large enough and worthwhile to uh, like buy shares on, and so like once you see the these new accounts like show up in the Frentech API or the Enumerable API, then you can just start spamming transactions uh, at that point and hope to be the one that that gets those transactions in the same block, which is pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's like a super simple but like very like devious way to. Uh, to 
perform like MEV on on Frentech on base. You're telling me all my new friends are actually robots? <laughs> well, didn't you see when you signed up that somebody bought like four of your shares? I know. I just assumed, you know, like pretty handsome, popular guy. Everyone wants a piece, right? But no, yeah. you're telling me it was MEV? Um, yeah, it was MEV. <laughs> I, got, I got sniped as well, too. Did you guys get sniped? Uh, down bad. Huber, down are bad. you? Oh, he was on mute because of his kids. But uh, yeah, I, am I got on Frenstech, um, But listening to it, I, I, I feel I should I should uh, create one because I would sell shares to Mavbots, right? <laughs> <laughs> it would be super cool. Good way to finance the holidays, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting. There's there's like way more that's going on it and. Uh, Banteg was also talking in Lobsters as well, too. So if you want to join the conversation, please come and join LobsterDAO. Uh, there's lots of people in there who are exploring this, and the best minds in DeFi are lobsters. Uh, I actually, if, if someone writes me, if a developer writes me and they're not in Lobsters, I question if they're actually a developer. Um, because how can you be? I mean, how can you be a DeFi developer and not be a lobster? It's a good question. It is a good question. Very good question. Uh, so yesterday we also had uh, Nathaniel Chastain, who was the uh, former head of product at OpenSea, who was sentenced to three months and 200 hours of community service for uh, like front running the uh, front page posts on OpenSea back in 2021. Uh, he was discovered that he made a profit of 16 ETH. He lost his job, lost a huge amount of equity that he had been uh, given and was vesting. And now he has a felony conviction as well, too. So uh, if you're in one of these positions at a very nice, cushy, like DeFi corporate job, don't front run. Like we just saw this, what, like two weeks ago with the guy from Balancer Labs who like started a token on base and then pulled liquidity after a few days and called it, that it wasn't a rug and then like within 24 hours he had been exposed and hayden was posting that he was no longer a part of the uniswap foundation yeah please people if you need money just use only boost you can get like 40 percent more off your yield farming <laughs> yes you can uh watch the video again to see people who are using it in a very profitable manner yeah exactly um and let's see, we also have a story that I wrote uh, for Flywheel DeFi, uh, which covers the like this, this new strategy that Frax is engaging in, which I called, or it wasn't me, but it was somebody else called the new barbell strategy. And that's with Frax Bonds and Stake Frax ETH, uh, where Frax is going to be adding their Frax Bonds here in the next few months with the release of Frax V3. Uh, so you'll be able to buy discounted dollars or like, you know, like Frax dollars uh, at a discount and receive them in like a year or two. And they should track the price closely, uh, but not perfectly, of uh, off-chain short-term yields. So you could buy like a one-year like Frax bond that is making like four or five percent. Uh, and you could scale that infinitely as well, too. It's not like the DSR, which has limits. 
um, these frax bonds could absorb as, as much capital as, as you want. And then on the other side, you have stake frax ETH, where you know, stake frax ETH is also a yielding product. Uh, and so the idea is that you uh, use a barbell strategy to uh, to have like your quasi frax bond, and then also stake frax ETH uh, for volatility, and you get yield on both as well too. And I so for say, when the developers mm -hmm. approach me, I check to see if they're in Flywheel DeFi. If not, <laughs> they really actually developers. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, no, but the lobster comment is real. Actually, if you if you're interested in joining LobsterDAO, you can just go to Telegram and search for lobsters, and uh, the group is there, and it's quite a large group as well too. Yeah. Um, Both are legit, like great places to be if you're looking for alpha and DeFi. Yeah, there's really like only lobsters is quite possibly the only telegram community that's been able to uh, keep its like luster uh, through the extreme uh, mod like actions of Ivan and his friends to keep everybody on topic to not let it devolve into like speculative talk and to really like shut down any any low quality comments or informations there um, and so yeah it's it's been the only real survivor of my chat since DeFi summer 2020 and how uh, long is the community uh, operating oh for years so at least since the beginning of DeFi summer that's when i joined um, maybe a little bit earlier than that but at the time like back in 2020 like everybody was there it was like andre was super active um Pretty much like Bantag was there all the time. Like pretty much every single major DeFi developer who was like working on Yearn or uh, Michael was there and was active as well too. Like everybody was there and just would like talk and it was super friendly and uh, there was uh, lots of fun chat. And uh, now it's kind of grown into a behemoth where there's 20,000 people in it, but it still has really good information. I got a pair of lobster claws from being in there, did you? Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I got like six. Only, only NFT that I uh, that went up in value for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So I, I, if you had been active in uh, lobsters for long enough, you got a, a nice NFT, um, and they have a, a fun little gated chat that you can join in uh, by buying the NFT. So, uh, pretty cool. I, I recommend we can make recommendations that everybody goes and joins lobster. Yeah, that flywheel uh, officer CIA with another headline like oh yeah your startup pack. Uh, so officer CIA, aka Form Forty Two on um, on uh, Telegram, is quite possibly like one of the hardest working and nicest people in the space. Uh, he's super helpful, and all he does is just put out some of the best like, high quality information about how to stay safe in DeFi, and uh he's got a great channel that we recommend it's called officer's channel and no he's not a fed uh but he does have a great blog he's got two blogs one's called pessimistic.io and the other one's called officer cia dot mirror dot xyz and literally like if you're a dev or just like a regular person looking for security and privacy tips there's there's like nowhere else to go um the, like when people recommend or like when I recommend people to like clean up their uh, telegram permissions or their discord permissions, like officers already gone through 
and he's documented that really well. Uh, so you can come here. He's already done like gas optimization, solidly checklist, reentrancy attacks. Like now he's getting into more like developer tools, but he also has a bunch of other like Web3 security distilled too. This is, and, and he aggregates everything into these like really easy to understand articles that go from like super easy to, to parse to like very detailed if you're like a developer and, and want to get into the code. Um, so I highly recommend uh, you can find the link in the Telegram and go from there and sign up. Go say hello. Uh, so yeah, so I think it's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, we have a bunch of nice stories, no hacks, um, and everybody's doing great. We're all friends, aren't we? Brace yourself. Oh, Tomorrow's going to be hack day, it means. Yeah. <laughs> no, just more friend. This is friend week. This is friend week. Friends, tech, all the good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you, everybody out there, even our haters. Yeah, quite a lot of messages. Look at this uh, trophy now. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> let's put conspiracy hats on uh, to, to think here. Garrett gets to put his conspiracy hat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll be back tomorrow uh, with another episode. Uh, it's hump day, so we're one day closer to the weekend. So we'll see you tomorrow, guys. And thank you, Hubert, for being here. Thank you very much for having me. It was very nice, as always. Good job with the marketing uh, of uh, the Onlybus. Uh, ah, quite thanks. A, uh, quite <laughs> a funny commercial. <laughs> nice to see like new, new fun stuff uh, being done by uh, protocols. And definitely wish you a lot of luck with uh, the new Onlybus uh, feature. Thank you very much. And... and... More alpha coming soon. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're not only working on Onibus. Amazing. Uh, well, we will see you soon. And we'll see you back tomorrow. Have a good day, guys.